There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt. Doug Sprinthal. Andy Brant Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. You know, there's going to be an, uh, a youthful Sopranos movie coming out. That's what, what I mean? hear. And his son, who's 19 years old, is going to play Tony Soprano. Really? James Gandolfini's son, yeah. Doesn't That'd he look good. just a little bit like him? Mm-hmm. A little. <laughs> Jude, that's good now. That's good. Jude. Jude's licking my leg. I have, I have shorts on, so he's licking my leg. He, he does love, love your legs. Leg. It's 30 below zero up here. Shut up. That's <laughs> cold. Boy, yeah. look at the time. <laughs> we'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. You know who's with us? Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. With? Some really exciting news. Um, Starting February 7th, I believe, uh, two weeks from today, we are going to, it'll be the maiden voyage of the Walzer Automotive podcast show. We're going to do one hour every Thursday, and we're going to talk all about cars. We'll bring in general managers from the different stores. They can talk about what's new with their brand. we We hope a lot of people will call in. Um, Stand by for details. We're still trying to figure out what we're going to call the dang thing. Um, But we'll have a website uh, link up in the next week or two. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. A lot of people email me at dougatwalzer.com with car questions, and it would actually be cool to talk to folks. So looking forward to it. Mark it on your calendars. There's not much else going on on February 7th at 2 in the afternoon Central Time. (laughs) That's pretty much true, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Ooh. Ooh. So much synthesizer. I love Atomic Dog. So, it's three, but I just looked up with the wind chill. It feels like negative 18. Yeah, this is a story. Negative 18. Well, three's sucky enough. At least we don't have any it's pesky mosquitoes. <laughs> that's true. They're all very, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. dead. No, that's a good no point. No gnats. No pesky mosquitoes, no gnats, none of that stuff. 
I, um, I'm looking through the headlines of today, and my God, we need to get more political in our news uh, outlets, well, don't you think? Well, Newser is just like basically straight-up propaganda at this point. I don't know what it happened is. to them. I know. It's just total propaganda. Well, because uh, reporters are now getting paid per click. Are so they more really? sensational. I uh, guess oh, so. That's God. what I heard. And um, <sighs> if you're getting paid per click, you have to have sensationalism, lies, and mm. whatever else you can. That's true. They get want, clicks. They want their reporters to lie. I don't know if that's what they would say at a board meeting. <laughs> but um, yeah, Probably not. <laughs> I, I, here's a headline right here. I don't understand. Native elder student should say sorry, but I forgive him. When are we going to stop this just lying? Be a story yeah, anymore? For real? I, I know this is the last time I'm going to bring it up because everybody is insane. Nothing happened. Nobody threatened anybody. Uh, bad things were said by the Hebrew Israelites to white people and, and the Native Americans. No one's bringing Very those up, bad things. which is weird. No one's bringing that up at all. I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't think Mr. Phillips uh, was aggressive, and I don't think uh, Mr. Sandman is, uh, was aggressive. They stood there, one beat a drum and sang a song, and the other one smiled. What is the problem here? I have a problem with the full-grown adult getting in a kid's face. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I think we that, should know so. better as adults. I don't care what, you're right. what your skin color is. I just don't think that was an appropriate thing to do as an no, adult. I understand what you're saying. I absolutely understand what you're saying. That it, it just, uh, But you're right. I can't take that story anymore because they're just not going to let it go. Well, you know? we were watching. What we're, I don't know what we were watching, but they brought the Today Show, it was, mm-hmm. that interviewed the kid. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and she was just baiting him. Yeah, it was like say something that I can use against you. I was just like, wow, this is how we treat a kid. I just don't get it anymore. Okay, I I may have to get off the planet. I I may just have to leave (laughs) the planet forever. That'd be nice. Uh, Guess who said capitalism is not immoral? It's amoral. It requires our instruction. Uh, Who said that? Ocasio Cortez. It sounds like something she would nope. say. Carl Bono. Oh, really? It was Bono. <laughs> well, uh, that's not at all surprising. He's been well, like that no. forever. I mean, well, he's, no, he got his, he's got his billions. He's yeah. okay. Yeah, for real. Well, he did say it was amoral. He didn't say it was immoral. He said it was amoral. Oh, well, that's... You know, it's better. But he shouldn't even be talking. No, he's, uh, he is a I'm billionaire. I'm sorry. That's when you're true. that rich, you don't get to have an opinion. Because if you have an opinion for the people, then it's just... Please love me. I'm just like you. Uh, speaking of billionaires, did you see what Ken Griffin did? You know, Ken Griffin runs uh, uh, Citadel Capital, I think it's called. Citadel oh, he bought the, uh, the Groovy Shack in New York. I, d- I heard about that. Yeah, he did. Uh, $238 million for a house. Hmm. He made $1.7 in income last year. All right, let's let's do some math here. Catherine, maybe you can help me. So my house is on the tax books for about four fifty and I pay Mm -hmm. about a little over five grand a year in property tax. So if it's Mm -hmm. two You must not be in Hennepin County. No, Dakota where everything's Ah, paid for and we keep the riff raff out. Um, so if you're two hundred and thirty eight million dollars, what do you suppose your property tax bill is? His property tax bill, from what I understand, is $7 million a year. Oh, it has to be. Especially within a city <laughs> limit, especially mm. in a city that has services for everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah no, it's going to be high. Seven mil. It's going to be crazy high. Well, it's only, what, Andy, 800 grand a month? Yeah. When you break, so it, he down, has to when you break make, it down, it's pretty affordable. So he has to make at least $14 million a year just to pay his taxes. Yeah. Uh, if, he, if he does pay taxes, yeah. I have a feeling no one knows that, if he does pay taxes. I have a feeling that's not his only house either. <laughs> no, it's not. He he uh, he just bought. Uh, God, where did he? He bought a big giant house. He's bought in, in in recent days. They well, they said this year. So I'm assuming they're talking the last 24 days. He spent about 650 million dollars on houses. Oh, he bought he bought one in London. God. 
and he bought one in New York City, and the other one I can't remember what the other one Does is. Does he need a good real estate agent? I'd be happy. Coon Rapids, I think, yeah, was the be. other one. Yes, Coon, Coon Rapids, Rapids was the other one. You're 100 percent right. There's no question about that. But um, yeah, he. Uh, uh, Andy, did you check it out? See, could you find anything on Ken Griffin's uh, property taxes, or what the property taxes would be in New York City on a 248 million dollar house? Got to be pretty spendy, I would think. So that's got to be a record. Uh, uh, no, 248 the, million. Nope. No. Nope. Most expensive house ever bought was 361 million dollars in China. China. Wow. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, it's probably tax a knockoff bill, house. Ken Griffin's number one spot for Palm Beach highest taxed estate. Uh, 3.6 million. In Palm Beach. Yep. And then how about New York City? They might not. Wait a minute. Have let me get a pen out so I can keep track of all this. Um, wait. So he had three oh, three point six million in Palm Beach. Yeah, here you go. He bought. So this was twenty two. Oh, so he just bought it. So we don't know his property taxes, but we can approximate them, I suppose. What do you suppose his homeowner yeah, so association bill is? It's probably only a couple hundred <laughs> bucks a month. Yeah, I'm sure it's only about 200, 200 bucks a month yeah. for that. Well, it was Bezos that bought the 24-room or whatever museum, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. So if you were taxed at a historical, if, if it's a historical building, your taxes are like next to nothing. So it oh, all yeah. depends oh, really? on what you purchased oh, and what they're doing with it. Bezos' whole life is based on not paying taxes. You do know that, that Amazon pays no taxes, Right. No taxes no. at all? None. They well, don't, don't Amazon does not pay taxes. Well, you can look it up, Andy. I don't care what you know about or you don't know about. You can look it up. He, he pays no taxes. Well, to be fair, his employees have to pay their taxes. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Garrison Keeler's no place is for sale on Summit for about two and a half. I saw that on he the Yeah, it dropped reader. down from three and a half. Oh, did it really? It was at, yeah, it was at three and a half. It sounded two and a half. Nobody's going to buy it at yeah. two and a half either. Minnesota luxury market's not so hot. Not at all. Right Summit now. Avenue, though, um, that'd be a cool place to live. That, that's a great neighborhood. The, did you see the views from his back deck? It, they're incredibly, they're beautiful views from the back of his house. I mean, it's or, it, it, really amazing. So that bookstore must generate a lot of money. Like zero? I think he's lost money on that bookstore every year he's owned it. I'm pretty sure. I think he's he trying has. to sell it now. Yeah, that's so for NPR sale pays really well? NPR loaded his pockets with millions of your tax dollars and your contributions. Hmm. <laughs> he should run for office. He knows how to do it. Well, that's true. You're absolutely right. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, the whole situation is pretty amazing. Two and a half, yeah, we started at three and a half, it's down to two and a half. No, are any houses over a million selling? Uh, I don't know, Cassie. 1. Have you been 2, in the market? Or? One point five. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I see them on yeah some 1. some 5. depending on the school district depending on a lot but yeah but what you're buying for one point two which does it, it is a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago would have been probably over two over two yeah. here we go so mm-hmm. a two point. Or two hundred thirty-eight million dollar house in New York City would have about five hundred thirty or five point three million property taxes. All right, so we were in the ballpark. Mm -hmm. We were in the ballpark. So altogether, so far, altogether, he's paying nine million a year in property taxes. But we haven't gotten to London, Mm. and we haven't gotten to the other. I think he's also just bought a house in Los Angeles. I think. Where did he get this windfall? Well, no, in the windfall, he makes one point two, one point four to one point seven billion a year. What? Yep. See, now I kind of get a little socialist when I hear that. <laughs> That's well, too much power, power for it any kind of brings it out. I'm thinking you married yes. the wrong guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah, I just gave her a $5 bill. What do you want from me? <laughs> Boy, look at the time. You got to tip the pizza guy. <laughs> Did I mention this is only a 12-minute show today? Uh, you got to fold up the tent. No, I, I tell you. Can you imagine dealing with someone if you're their spouse, if they make $1.4 billion a year? Where, where do you come in on the ladder? No. Mm. Well, if you were married before they had the money. Yeah. But afterwards, you have to assume that anybody's married you is because of your money. And, I mean, you'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can overlook that kind of money. 
No one can overlook that kind of cash. What kind of money are we talking about? Bill, a, a billion dollars a year? Yeah. No one can overlook that. That's a lot of money. Well, even, a, even, yeah, even, even way less. You just can't overlook that kind of money. It, it has to color your observation of another human being. Sarah yes, married me for my to. hundreds. Your hundreds. Hundreds Your of hundreds. dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hundreds of dollars. Catherine's favorite, Tucker Carlson. We, we do think I Tucker get a, Carlson's I funny. get a kick out of watching him. I, he just gets so frustrated, and the look on his face. It's very funny. It's kind of like watching Trump. It's it's amusing anyway. Yeah, but I mean, I like I said, I watch Tucker Carlson, but I also watch Anderson Cooper. I like Anderson Cooper. He's a decent human being. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I watch everybody. There are certain people. I still want to ask, ask this question again. I'll ask it again. Why is it that on all the channels, whether it be CNN, MSNBC, Fox, whatever, the women all have to be beautiful, but the men don't? <laughs> what is that all about? Uh, the men are not knockout handsome. Well, Tucker Carlson's o- okay looking, don't you think? Yeah, he's, yeah, not, he's not a bad looking guy. Not, no, no, and what's his face? Model. Waters World. He's not bad looking. Yeah, yeah. Waters, Waters World. What's his. Yeah. He's yeah, got he's show. got a show called oh, like, Waters World. What's his his name was Waters World. I was like, that's a. Odd name. Waters is his last name. Yeah, I don't remember his first name. Uh, his oh, name yeah. is Jesse. Jesse Waters, Jesse that's right. Jesse Waters, that's Yeah, Jesse right. Waters. Yeah, he's a handsome guy, that's true. But then, you know, you get people like Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> How yeah. is he doing? Well, I think back in the old days, which some of these guys are getting, they're, they're from the old days, yes. let's just say what it is. It used to be that you needed to have like a distinguished yeah. authoritarian kind of look to present the news if you were a man you know one of my hobbies is battling meme stupid memes on facebook i've got to get off that it right. just drives me crazy but there's one that's been you going do. around for you a while that talks about walter cronkite and then it's like kids there once upon a time there was a guy that just read the news straight and told us what we needed mm-hmm. to know and his name was walter that's cronkite not true. i'm like he was the yeah, biggest true. lefty in the world he got he got busted for bugging the gop i mean i liked walter <laughs> cronkite he but he was far from unbiased mm-hmm. it's like stop no, posting right. made up stuff it's complete bs and you drive me insane i have to get off well, people like to romanticize yes, they you do. Know, the old days. Everything was yes, great when do. I was it a kid. It wasn't always like this. If, yeah. You ever notice how everything always went to hell as soon as uh, someone stopped being a teenager? Oh, definitely. Interesting. It's like, yeah. it, no yeah, matter who you, you had... ask, as soon as they like stopped yeah. being a teenager and had to move out into the world on their own, that's when everything oh, yeah. in the world right. just suddenly yeah. went. So, and ask and people, when exactly over... were the good old days? Mm-hmm. Every decade had When I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. The 50s. Yeah, so it was what before the, the 50s? soul-crushing yeah. We thought the Russians were going to nuke us. Yes, we Kids did. were yeah, dying we of polio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Every decade. And a lot of black people couldn't go to school. It wasn't exactly the golden era. No, Sorry. no, absolutely. Even not. like uh, the and, '90s, record high crime in this country. It had oh never yeah, been higher before. Invented crack cocaine. Yep. '80s, uh, we had the Cold War. AIDS crisis. AIDS. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, but you got to go back to the '90s for one second. It's the highest crime rate in the history uh, of the United States, just based on Bill Clinton. What he did. <laughs> so you know. Yeah, he, he was a contributor. A contributor. <laughs> God, I still can't believe he did. He got away with doing the stuff that he did while he was president, like like privatizing student loans in college. Therefore, the colleges jacked their prices through the roof because you cannot file bankruptcy uh, and include your student loans. Did you uh, know that? You yeah, guys but, both sound like socialists suddenly. Hmm. <laughs> socialists. But the thing is, is that all of these colleges that have tons of money in in the bank. Yeah, they don't. They didn't have to jack up. No, they did. No, they did not. So they, they have to take some responsibility on that part too. Well, and when well, you think you about it, it, pricing college is a lot like buying a used car in the old days. I mean, nobody pays mm-hmm. full list, but it's like, why don't you just price it appropriately? That's all we're talking about. You're absolutely just uh, you know, it, it'll be good. Just leave it alone. Everything will be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple of seconds. There are a couple of really great stories about uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Green New Deal. We're going to talk about that. And uh, <laughs> what was the other thing? What? I wish she'd go away, too. Oh, she's insane. She is way she over the top She's getting way too much attention well, for all, the, of all of her accomplishments. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Joe Biden. He, he said something I really liked. And uh, a lot of things coming up. Be right back. Tom Bernard Show. 
Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get because you're a customer of North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my friend, how do you get it? What's the situation? Do I need it? All that stuff. It's an application that we designed to compete with the national applications out there for person-to-person payments. You can get it at the Apple Store or the Android Store. It's for payments that you want to make when you don't have cash. If you want to pay the kid who shovels your driveway, if you want to settle up a dinner check, if you want to settle up a bet on the golf course, when you don't have cash, you can use the app. The payment will settle directly into the payee's account literally the same day. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker? And X-Check, I'm going to get it today. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about X-Check. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Whiting Clinic has changed their name to include their two specialties, LASIK and cataract surgery. Whiting Clinic is best known for their amazing LASIK results and ability to enhance thousands of lives by restoring vision to clarity without the need for glasses or contacts. You've heard me rave about them for years. You know that. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm a perfect example of their good work. You know what I'm saying. I see so clearly now. When my clear LASIK vision started to fade due to cataracts, Whiting Clinic took care of me again and have the most advanced lens technology so I can see far, away, and up close without wearing any glasses. If you're over 60 and have noticed your vision starting to fade, call the experts at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. To learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020. That's 855 855- Five five four twenty twenty, and please tell them Tom sent you. Is this a Sesame Street version of House of the Rising Sun? There's a Sesame Street version. This is the original. No, but the, there is. Oh, because you can't hear the other half. Yeah, you only get one channel. What? What are you doing? She's only playing one channel on the. Oh, is it? Sounds normal to me, but I don't know. I I did hear an interview with Brian May on uh, PBS a couple weeks ago, and one of the highlights. Yeah, one of the highlights was um, the Muppets did a cover of Bohemian Rhapsody, but they had to use, you know, the main uh, Queen parts for the background vocals, and of course they let them do it. It was. Mm. It's really funny. Oh, I'll have to look it up. It's cute. I suppose it is. So was Brian May pleasant for one minute? <laughs> he was. He was actually pretty uh, gracious. I thought. Good. Good. Mm. I'm glad to hear that. He is a. We want to talk about an owly prick. Is oh, he really? God, that guy. Oh God, yes. Well, I mean, he's he doesn't just... look happy ever. Even when <laughs> he's smiling, it's like a forced smile. I think he's That's got some smile, yeah. demons, maybe. Hmm. Uh, we did finally see Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, Catherine really liked it. I didn't like it at all. But I did figure out why I didn't like it. First of all, because I knew that Freddie Mercury and, and Brian May were not very pleasant people, which they were not. Hmm, or Brian I didn't still know that. isn't. Yeah, not not at all. But the other thing is, it, it, it. I thought it through last night. Why didn't I like that movie? It's a classic rock movie, all the rest of it. It was because it reminded me of the death of my friend. It was the exact same time my friend died of AIDS, and I, I sat at his house with his mother and his sisters Ugh. and watched him waste away to nothing. And the last month he was alive, the look of horror on his face, I can see it very clearly right now. Because he was he had gotten down. He was a, probably started out at about 220. He was a hell of an athlete, 6'2", 220, really, really good football player. But uh, he had gotten down to under 100 pounds before he died. And my God, that look of terror on his face every day seeing that was not. <sighs> Catherine was very, very nice. I got to point something out about Catherine Brandt right now. Oh, God, help so, me. So, <clears throat> this is 1985, 86, whenever it was. They, they told us we were all going to die of AIDS. Remember that? That everybody's mm-hmm. going to oh, die? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody was going to die. Uh, I got a call from my friend's family, and they said, Would you come over and help us bathe him because nobody will touch him? I said, Of course I will. So not only did I do that, but I went over there and stayed overnight several times to make sure, you know, toward the end there mm-hmm. that uh, nothing would get off the rails. And 
Catherine said, yeah, absolutely, I understand why you're doing that. Instead of going, I don't want you bringing AIDS back home. Yeah, I know, it was just it was terrible. Catherine, you were great about that. Well, you, you I'm not saying that I wasn't worried about it a little bit, because back in the, back then, when he had was dying from it, they weren't 100% positive you couldn't get it from kissing. Yeah, I mean, yep. yeah yep. technically, yep. You, you know, know not wanting to spread AIDS is a pretty normal thing to think. Yeah, so I, I I can't say that I was like 100% unconcerned about that. But no, I understand. I knew, well, I was concerned. You know, I knew you felt like you wanted to do that. So yeah, good for you. Turn my back on a friend who's dying. Yeah. You know. No, Tom, you can't go help your dying friend. But I will tell you that that look that Remy Malek gets on his face is Freddie Mercury when he's all alone in the dark I at home know. and he realizes he's going to die. See, you like the movie. Imagine if Freddie Mercury had been about 100 pounds lighter and had that look on his face. That's exactly what my friend looked like. Yeah. His eyes looked like a... What, what is that painting, the big eye paintings? Oh, the scream? they're called the big... The, no, I uh, think they're called big eyes. I think they are called big eyes. Yeah, oh. all the children have huge eyes. And his eyes were gigantic just before he died because all the fat and yeah. everything was gone. Unbelievable, but movie. Shape. But that's why I didn't like the movie. And I, may, you know, going I, back, maybe I can watch it again. I think you did like the movie. It just brought up stuff. Bad memories. Well, I think that that's what a good movie's supposed to do. Is supposed to touch you emotionally, right? Make me feel like crap for a couple of days. Well, <laughs> that's really great. Yeah, <laughs> that's really really absolutely. Nice. I mean, you know, the whole nation felt like crap when people were dropping dead from AIDS, and nobody knew what was going and on. It was, knew, it, yeah. was a, it was ter- it was a terrible time. Yeah, they didn't know if you could get it from kissing, from touching. If somebody sneezed Airborne, or coughed on you, yep. they thought for sure you were going to die. It was just, oh, my God, it was not a good time. Yeah, I, I had a, not, not at all. A good friend of mine, his wife was a bartender at the gay 90s in mid-85 mm-hmm. to 88 or so. And she made really right. good money. I mean, she worked part-time, and she was raking it in. And she quit, and I said, Stacy, why are you making 85 grand a year working three and a half nights a week? What? What? And... What she told me, she says, it's such a tight community, and I had so many friends, and they just kept dying, and all I did was go to yeah. funerals, and yep. I couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah, I understand yeah. that completely. That's exactly uh, what yeah. we're talking about here. So, yeah, watching Freddie Mercury realize at 45 years old he was going to be dead. Ugh, I good. just think his performance was just so spectacular. I mean, it, I- the emotions that were on his face, you could just see yeah. it in yeah, his eyes. True. It was it was really quite good. Yeah, and the I think he was the last of the people that could uh, eat an apple through a picket fence. Oh, with God, his teeth. Just... Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> he did have some horse teeth on he him. He had yeah. some choppers on him, didn't he? But he kept them. That was a cool thing about him. What did he say? He had and that four extra incisors. Yeah, which he said gave him a better singing range because yeah. his mouth was so big. Wait, his mouth was so big, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if that's what he really thought. That's yeah, why he wouldn't fix his maybe. teeth. Maybe it doesn't sound real, but maybe what having four extra incisors. Yeah, I don't know how that's uh, possible. I, I agree with you. I think he was just making it up as no, he went along. No, I'm looking at his teeth, and they're normal. They're just this, uh, the incisors are just huge. Well, I like the line well, in just... the movie that <laughs> somebody said, why don't you uh, fix your teeth? He goes, and then some, they won't know that I'm British or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I won't fit in. <laughs> yeah, British, fit in. I won't fit in. <laughs> yeah, why don't you tell something about your nasty teeth? Because if I did, I wouldn't fit in in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, actually funny. true that uh, Brits didn't wear uh, braces for the longest time. They just didn't believe oh, no, in it. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. It's Hence true. the stereotype. Yeah, there were some nasty... Nasty smiles over there. It's true. It's, so, yeah, isn't it for strange that hu- that's like the default state of a human, though? Having messed yeah, to up have teeth. Yeah, nasty teeth. But it's like every yeah, other true. animal, pretty much, their teeth look fine. But not humans. Yeah. Uh, we get the messed Bella up teeth. Doesn't. Well, Bella, Bella doesn't. Well, Bella has all sorts of... She's like a mix of 97 different animals, so... Yeah, she is. It's true. Here's a piece of work for you. Representative Andrea Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat from New York, Green New Deal is the most radical and destructive policy proposal offered by a member of Congress in decades. Not only would it destroy roughly 3.4 million jobs related to the fossil fuel industry by eliminating nearly all fossil fuel use by 2030, 
It would also require upgrades to every home and business building in the country and the creation of single-payer health care, a basic income program, and a federal jobs guarantee, among many other left-wing policies. With the backing of Ocasio-Cortez, what was once thought to be a fringe policy idea has gained significant momentum in recent months. At least 40 members of the House have said they support the new Green, uh, the Green New Deal. And eight likely Democratic presidential candidates have also said they support most or all of the plan, including Washington State Governor Jay Inslee, Senators Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren. That's like a, a poker hand of nut jobs right there. we got to well, get Amy Klobuchar know. to run for president. I'm, I'm sorry. I think she is going to run for president. I hope she does. I think, she I think she's modern yeah. enough. She'd pr- I think she'd actually be pretty good at it. This mm-hmm. is just insane. It well, really uh, but the thing is, is that um, she, people on people are so frightened of being uh, mean tweeted about yeah, that they have yeah. to agree with this fringe stuff. Otherwise, people uh, yeah. turn on you on Twitter exactly. so fast that it it could actually affect your campaign possibilities. Well, it's mm-hmm. like when people when they poll, it's like you know who are you going to vote for? They always say the Democratic candidate because they're afraid of you know. They're afraid of being yeah. found out that they're a uh, Republican. Yeah, I don't know why it's such a big deal. to be. Look, Republicans and Democrats are not these people. Those are not real Democrats, and the other side's not real Republicans. Democrats, centrists, and Republicans are pretty even-keel, fair-minded people. It's just taking the name leftist or righty and destroying it by your psychotic ideas, Right. I, you know, it's like I understand people wanting a cleaner planet and to get off the fossil fuel. I understand that. But to kill jobs is to kill the economy. And people have to have money. And you can't produce it out of thin air. Even if you tax everybody, 99%, if they don't have anything to give you, there's nothing there. Does anybody know how much – well, you're in the business, Doug. You should probably Mm -hmm. know this. The emissions come that, that come from cars now are nowhere near as polluting as they used to be even 15 no, years ago, right? No, and, you know, Not that's even close. in defense of government, there's – the EPA really regulations went a long way to fixing that stuff. And you yeah. you and I are yeah. old enough to remember yeah. what this country smelled like in the 60s. It was terrible. <laughs> And people live a lot longer now than they ever did before. And I'm I'm not a huge big government guy, but a lot of that is because of federal regulations. Getting rid of lead and gasoline was lead and gasoline, cutting down on smoking rates. I mean, these are all things that started with with legislation that actually benefited us and the rest of the world. So, in terms of the fossil fuel thing, we're it's going to. We're coming to the end of that era anyway. Yeah, we we'll don't need live to force it. It's already happening. It's going to happen naturally. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Um, I, I had a really interesting plane flight a few years ago with a guy who was the chief technology officer for uh, uh, the Koch brothers. Uh, what do they call their company now? Um, God, it no escapes idea. my It was mind. just Coke, Coke before. Well, it was KLCA. Coke Industries, and now it's like uh, Great Plains, some energy. And I said, oh, so okay. what do you guys okay. think? What do the Coke brothers really think about big oil? And he goes, we're diversifying as fast as we can because mm-hmm. it's over in right. 10 years. So You think I, 10 years we'll, we will not use oil and gas anymore? Well, I, we'll always use some. Yeah. But it, yeah. When, yeah. when the electric car revolution takes hold, it's just going to – It, like Andy says, it will naturally de- decrease the world's dependence on fossil fuels. So the reason – There's no reason to force it because it's hap- it's, the train is leaving the station as we speak. Yeah. The reason right. we use oil so much is because there is a lot of it and it has very high specific energy. Yeah. So – Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. once it becomes scarce enough that it doesn't cost enough, or it costs enough to not be the economical choice, then we'll just stop using mm-hmm. it because why wouldn't we? Right. We That's do have we do. Ezra Croft on the phone. I have a question for you, for Ezra. Um, why don't we use our own oil then if it's going to hit the wall? Why are we buying oil from other countries instead of just using our own? You're asking Ezra? I don't no, really I'm understand that either that. because we export more oil than we use. It's just an odd thing. We it need is to find very, an oil. Let's find a let's yeah, get weird. an oil man on. Very strange. Ezra Croft, are you an oil man? Uh, I try to follow the news, but uh, I do believe the government uh, encourages uh, oil importing just uh, because we make taxes off of it. Right. 
Right. That's exactly that's, it. It's all about them making a, money. I'm not an economist. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean that it is. One thing I've learned about all governments, not just the U.S. government, is how can they make money from it, and then that's what we're going to do. It's pretty amazing, actually. The Art of Being Bill, Bill Murray, and the many faces of awesome, Ezra Croft, our special guest. The book is out. Uh, The Art of Being Bill is the first illustrated collection of Bill Murray highlighting the star like you've never seen him before, Bill Murray at the Last Supper. Yeah, I've never seen Bill Murray in the Last Supper picture. He's not Judas, is he? No, no, absolutely not. He is our uh, oh, he is our patron saint of chill. Uh, he is uh, the many faces uh, that uh, bring calmness to uh, all of mankind. <laughs> I like it. Bill Murray at the Last Supper. Bill Murray as an Indian god. Bill Murray as a knight. Bill Murray as Superman, and numerous other artistic tributes that will amuse and inspire you. Bill Murray is a, an interesting kind of guy. I, I've talked to Bill Murray a few times throughout my life. He's a very even keel kind of guy. He doesn't get uh, too happy. He doesn't get too sad. I do like the fact that you have to call, I believe, an 800 number to try to book him for a movie. And if he doesn't call you back, it doesn't. It means he doesn't want the movie. <laughs> I do like that a lot. Is that true? Yeah, no, uh, I, I think his quirkiness is a uh, part of his charm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with it completely. But I just love the fact that he, he's so confident, confident enough in, in himself to say, well, I'll do that or I won't do that. But uh, don't try to reach me directly because it's not going to happen. Just leave a message on the 800 number, and if I want to do it, I'll, I'll call you back. That's very cool. Not many people are in that yeah. position, Ezra. I will tell you that. There are not many in that position. <laughs> uh, it's going to be fantastic talking to you about this because he is a guy – we just have to take a break in about 30 seconds, but it's a very short break, so so we'll come back and have an entire segment with you, Ezra. But um, Bill Murray sitting there reading that uh, basically a letter to the audience when he replaced Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live, it was very humble, and it was very funny and very interesting. I think that put him so far over the top. With Well, it, it did with me, I'll tell you that. Uh, I really admired him. And I don't know if that was Lorne Michaels' idea or his idea, but it was a great idea. We'll be right back in a couple of seconds. More with Ezra Croft right after this Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand-new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. There's another one. There's a, uh, you only got half of it, but there is a spirit in the sky. We do know that. Okay. At least according to Norman Greenbaum, <laughs> which is very cool. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, Ezra Croft. The book is called The Art of Being Bill, Bill Murray and the Many Faces of Awesome. And at this point, Ezra, I just want to sit back and hear the stories because... There got to be some great, great things going on in this book. Oh, absolutely! You know, this this book was uh, truly a labor of love. Uh, you know, starting at the top, I, I grew up, you know, as a little kid in the early '80s, being a huge Bill Murray fan and a fan of Saturday Night Live, and uh, I became involved in art uh, when I moved to San Francisco back in the uh, early 2000s. And putting this book together, I met a lot of fans of Bill Murray, and um, 
when it kind of came to putting, uh, collecting the art from this, I wanted it to be like an international collaboration. And uh, I decided to, one of the ways I kind of found the artists to be in this book, uh, I put Craigslist ads all over the world, uh, finding artists in every continent, uh, state and section of America and Europe. I mean, it's just, it started flooding in. And I found that there were Bill Murray fans like me on every corner of the earth. And this book did not disappoint. Uh, it's just the art that came in. We, there was almost too much and we had to narrow it down to about the 150 pages that you see in this uh, little butte. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. And it really shows all of his best and most interesting and even fun, sloppy roles that he just like really kind of brought to the light. No, I think it's absolutely true. You know, Ezra, I was just thinking about this, and I'd never thought of this before. Because I am a Bill Murray fan, but I don't know anyone who doesn't like Bill Murray. Like usually, you'll get, "Oh, I really love that person." Oh, really? I hate them. I, I, I don't hear that about Bill Murray. I, you just have to ask his ex-wife. But other than that, I think everybody does like him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, every person I've ever met but, that doesn't like Bill Murray, they don't. They also don't like pizza. So I'm just like, ah, whatever. Ooh, <laughs> ah, forget <laughs> it. They're out. They're out. Yeah, that, that that is the whole deal, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. I don't know, I just, uh, he's so, see, he's not the same in any movie to me. You, you compare, you know, some of, the, some of his movies and, and the, uh, the guy talking about the Dalai Lama while he's cutting the tops off of flowers with a, with a swing saw, pretending he's golfing, is a lot different than, you know, <laughs> go down the list. I mean, he, he just, uh, Ghostbusters, obviously, Groundhog Day, Lost in Translation, Royal Tenenbaum. Those are great movies. Did you ever see uh, uh, really uh, Razor's Edge? Yes, I did. Yeah, absolutely. The to, Razor's Edge it was a, like a post-World War II movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a Somerset Mom no novel, actually. He was great in that. I'm like, wow, he can actually act. He was. Yeah, that, that, yeah. well, that's been a there's, while. There's always a nice sense of melancholy about him, too. Yep. Yep, I think that's true. Uh, it's absolutely true. Uh, I, oh, I like this. This is a good good question here. Are you Murray obsessed? Then uh, what better way to celebrate everything Bill Murray than through art? Well, that's very true, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I, it's uh, with my house, like we recently just moved, and we're still trying to put art on our walls, and everything is in storage. And just when you see a house with no art on the walls, it's very sad. You almost like need to have something up, if not even just a plant or two. But uh, yeah, with us, we have uh, now we have in our living room lots of uh, Bill Murray paintings. They even have a few Nicolas Cage paintings. And oh. these are movie <laughs> images that we grew up with, you know, Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day. It's, it's a little strange when people come in, they're like, why do you have so many Bill Murray paintings? And I'm like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. It's, it's, it's better than, like, you know, a landscape or a Thomas Kincaid painting, you know, of a, of a neighborhood. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> God, that guy figured it out. Thomas Kincaid. I know what I'll do. I'll sell art out of malls. What a good idea, man. Back in the day, it was good. I don't yeah. know about now. He made, work, but he made a fortune, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But, um, yeah, I, I, you just mentioned Nicolas Cage. I really like Nicolas Cage. I've interviewed him a couple of times. Could not be a nicer guy. Uh, he likes to spend money, I know that, but, uh, you know, whatever. I, I like those people. To a lot of people, and they haven't done this with Bill Murray, they get to the point where you get so big that just because you're a huge star, people don't like you. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think Bill's down-to-earthness is really what kind of, uh, I don't know, it, yeah. it, it lets him maintain his legendary status. Uh, people meet him in airports and restaurants and when he's traveling or just doing things, and they, he's relatable and approachable. He takes pictures with fans, crashes weddings, steals hot dogs, and people let him get away with it because he's just that chill. <laughs> I, I watched that movie a couple weeks ago about all the people that had encountered him, and one of my, my favorite gags that Bill would, apparently he would walk up behind guys in public restaurants, put his, or at restrooms while they're at the urinal, put his hands over their eyes and say, nobody will ever believe this, and they turn around and it's Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That could only work Did for him. Get... That's right. <laughs> yeah. Anybody yeah, else on the true. planet, the other 7.8 billion of us would get murdered, and people just go, oh, my God, it's Bill Murray. I, he must have gotten hit once. Uh, well, yeah. it, 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 they didn't say that. But... There's always the one guy that's not going to put up the with it. The one guy who doesn't like pizza. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, another guy who doesn't like pizza. That's exactly right. I, you know, uh, Ezra, you brought that up earlier, and now it's stuck in my head. How the hell can you not like pizza? What's wrong with you? Exactly. You know what I mean? Have you ever met somebody who doesn't like pizza? Because I don't want to know them. Yeah, they, there's dark and empty people. <laughs> <laughs> where, do you, where do you live now, Ezra? Right now, I live in uh, beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. It's, uh, it's Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a pretty area. So that's got to be good. Uh, you're from St. Louis originally? Yes. Yeah, I've lived in St. I've grew up in St. Louis. Uh, I lived in San Francisco for a while. Met my wife out there. Started a family, and then it got too expensive when we moved to North Carolina. And oh, albeit God, we're expensive. even closer to Charleston, Bill Murray's hometown, and uh, it's fantastic down here in the yeah. South. It's, uh, it's, it's really pretty. No, it is very pretty. There's, there's no getting around that. But I just, uh, every time I, I talk to somebody from St. Louis, uh, somebody who grew up in St. Louis, I, I always give a plug to Tony's Restaurant downtown. Tony's is one of the greatest restaurants in America. You ever been there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, that place is uh, it's, it's a legend in St. Louis. It's uh, busy. <laughs> It is very busy, but to tell people quickly before I move on, when you come in and your table is upstairs, the maitre d' walks up the stairs backwards so he doesn't turn his back on you. He looks you in the eye while he's going up the stairs backwards, which I thought was phenomenal. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> very, very awesome. cool move. Um, is part of the fact that, you know, Bill, a lot of work in Chicago and you're, you know, pretty much not right down the road, but close enough, it, it, was the closeness of that whole Chicago comedy scene, were you watching that from St. Louis? Because it was, it was pretty amazing when you look back. Oh, yeah. Bill, Bill has huge connections in Chicago. Uh, there's a, it's, he, did, he did a lot of stand-up comedy there. He is from Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, so he's got a big fan base there, just like even before he got to where he is now. But uh, it's, that's Bill Murray country right there. He's uh, you know about his status with the Cubs in the World Series, and uh, sure. he's got a sure. Caddyshack Brothers restaurant in Chicago. I mean, if you want to go to a Bill Murray-loving town, I mean, Chicago's your place. Yes. I even exactly have a few right. artists from Chicago in this book, too. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, just, I, I think it's terrific. I, um, many years ago, starting in about 1977, I did a lot of voiceover, so I used to work with Brian Doyle Murray once in a while. And uh, they have a, I think they have another brother too, don't they? Um, yeah, there's uh, there's I think nine brothers or, uh, yeah. but yeah, there's uh, Joel Murray uh, who's been in Joel, a there you great go. movies and yep. TV shows. Yeah, yep, and that's Andy Murray owns a, a huge, great golf course in uh, Florida too. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're they're heavily involved in a lot of charity uh, golf tournaments. And, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, the Murray brothers they they do a lot. <laughs> Yeah, they do a lot. Uh, yeah, I, it's one of those deals, because I'm very honest with my listeners. I, I do a morning show as well in town, so I'm, I'm very honest with our listeners here and the one on the morning show, too. If I interview somebody and they're a really decent human being, I like to point that out. But if they're jerks, I point that out, too. It's like, you know, well, I don't need to be talking <laughs> some pain in the ass, wasting 10 minutes of my time. But, uh, yeah, I will tell you this. One of the, my favorite interviews I did with Bill Murray by coincidence, and I think, you know, Bill owns, uh, along with Mike Veck from Chicago, Bill owns the St. Paul Saints baseball team. So Bill comes yeah, to town, uh, you know, Minneapolis and St. Paul, and everybody just loves the St. Paul Saints. I do, too. Got a great stadium, the whole deal, but Bill's one of the owners, and he pops in once in a while. Doesn't, doesn't ever announce he's coming. He just does. But he was in town to talk about that, and... Um, he and I don't know. You know who Ahmad Rashad is? Are you a football fan? Uh, no, I don't follow football. <laughs> okay, that's, that's why I asked you because you know a lot of people don't know. But Ahmad Rashad was a uh, I think a legendary receiver with the Minnesota Vikings, and Ahmad and Bill were on at the same time. It's one of my favorite interviews I've ever done because they were both really good, really good interviews. Uh, that's one thing I love about this job. I mean, not that you're not doing a great job yourself, Ezra. It's top shelf all the way because so far you haven't told me to, you know, go f myself or anything, which is good. I appreciate that immensely. Uh, how did this project get started, Ezra? Well, uh, when me and my wife were living in San Francisco, we I was working at Bed Bath and Beyond, and I was really kind of like looking at all the artwork that was being sold there, and I was just like, yeah, this is kind of 
vanilla, and I was wanting to do an art show because I knew a lot of artists that had done great bodies of work and that had not been in any galleries. So we found this place, and we started off with a Nicolas Cage art show, and it just kind of came to me in a vision. And mm. uh, the day before the art show, Nicolas Cage was on Jimmy Fallon, and Nic- Jimmy Fallon brought up Nicolas Cage's internet notoriety, and they mentioned my name. And then it took off from there. We had a line two miles long to get into this place. And we had the place filled wall-to-wall with Nicolas Cage artwork. And uh, some mm-hmm. of the Coppola family from the Bay Area attended. And it was, it was a complete madhouse. And I was like, this is like, I've just got hit with a golden horseshoe here. And I was like, this <laughs> is a, such a dynamite idea. It's fun, it's immersive, and it's really weird. And then so after that, when the dust settled, I was talking with my wife the next day and I was like what's our next step and she was like well you love Bill Murray and I was like I do love Bill Murray so I just was like we hit the ground we hit the ground running and uh, I started putting ads on Facebook and putting uh, notifications on Craigslist uh, all over California and the world Craigslist is a really funny angle to go about it because people read that and they're like what what is this real are they gonna try to scam me or something and but I respond with no this is real and I get to meet a lot of strange people that I'm not connected with that are really fun and great artists. And we, for our very first Bill Murray art show that we did in San Francisco, it was an explosion. I, there was wall-to-wall Bill sure. Murray art, stuff that I had never conceived of, just paintings of every medium. I mean, Bill Murray fans really poured their hearts into it. And then the day of the show, we had booked DJs uh, and two or three bands. Uh, there was Bill Murray burlesque, uh, and people showed up in like Steve Sisu costumes and Royal Tenenbaum outfits, and it was like a huge wild Bill Murray party. I mean, you, you wouldn't believe the energy in the air, and everybody was dancing and drinking and buying art and like till three in the morning. It was it was killer. And since then, we had done three more of them in the Bay Area and two in L.A. Uh, we tried to do them once a year just to not kind of uh, you know wear out our welcome. But every one that we did, yeah. I mean, just more and more Bill Murray fans would be like, when are you doing the next one? And it's just, uh, and then that kind of catapulted into this book. Uh, the, my publisher, uh, Race Point Publishing, uh, they, they kind of contacted me and they're like, hey, we really like this idea. And then I threw myself into it for a whole year and just started contacting artists and getting a whole new crop of art. And here we are. <laughs> now, Ezra, uh, has Bill Murray reached out to you with a comment about the book at all? He not specifically has. Uh, I met him in Napa uh, a year and a half ago when oh, he was doing his okay. New Worlds tour. And mm-hmm. I, albeit, I kind of caught him when he was busy. He was coming out of Soundcheck, and I just I approached him. And I was like, hey, man, I'm the guy that does all the art shows about you here in California. And he was like, oh, yeah, keep up the good work. I don't know if he really knew who I was or not. <laughs> and, and he autographed this. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Oh, yeah, there keep up the good work of bringing people. Yeah, yeah, thanks for stalking me. No, but yeah, and uh, he, no, there's other people running after him with trying to get autographs, and he jumped in a car oh, and drove yeah. away. But uh, I've, I've, I've um, conversed with Joel Murray, uh, and uh, Bill mm-hmm. knows about the book and the art shows and appreciates it. And just as long as we're keeping the faith and doing it for a good cause, uh, that's, I think, what he cares most about. I agree. The Art of Being Bill, Bill Murray, and the Many Faces of Awesome Ezra Croft, C R O F T. Ezra, great, fascinating subject, and I just love talking about this kind of thing, and you're really into it, and that makes it much easier. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks very much. We will be back in just a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show.